You're listening to the Solar Disruption Theory Podcast. Step inside some of the most forward-thinking minds in solar today. This show explores a deeper side of solar each month as Freedom Forever leaders sit down with CEOs, activists, and other solar experts to break the solar industry wide open. We'll discuss solar trends, news, and everything you need to know about how you can join us on the path of disruption. This is the Solar Disruption Theory. Hey everyone, I'm Sean McCready and with me is Freedom Forever VP of Marketing, Julianne Roberts. If you listened to our last episode, Jules actually joined us as a guest host and we've decided to give her a permanent spot on the show. Uh, so happy to have you as my co-host, so welcome back. I'm so happy to be back. That was so much fun last time. It was, it was a blast and people really dug it, so I'm really, really excited to have you back on the show permanently. Um, but today, we're actually lucky enough to be joined by Freedom Forever VP of Field Operations, Brian Eagleslayer, or as we call him around here, the Eagle Slayer. Yes. Yes. Brian joined the Freedom Forever team just about a year ago after a long run with Solar City. Brian, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, it's great to be here. Yeah, we're really excited to have you. Uh, since Brian's come on board, he's really changed so many things operationally and, and made things run just a little bit smoother, uh, put his personal touch on it. But getting into your background, you're actually from Texas. That's correct. Yeah, I grew up in Texas, went to college at the University of Texas, and then uh, uh, moved to uh, D.C. and the East Coast from there. Right. And what were you doing in D.C.? So I started off as my first job kind of as a consultant in D.C. Um, didn't really like that and quickly got into clean energy so, um, and have been in, uh, been in the clean energy space for the last 12 years. Okay. And so, yeah, I mean, and that's, I think, interesting in itself. So you went from corporate executive consulting right to uh clean energy what was that what was that journey like what, what was it what flipped the switch for you um well I, I mean it was very interesting doing kind of corporate consulting i was kind of doing best practice research for a company there but just wasn't necessarily fulfilling so uh there was a company that was selling clean energy uh in maryland called clean currents mm -hmm. and um got in there really early on and uh just loved it um loved sharing the message of, of clean energy and then from there, uh, we had a lot of customers that were just asking about solar. Right. It was still relatively early in solar, although solar had been around for quite a while. Um, and got into the solar space and, and really like physically installing panels and, and being in part of, you know, every aspect of the solar installation uh, there in Maryland and, and, and really loved it and just haven't looked back. Right. That's so awesome. How so long you were, I was going to say you were really boots on the ground yeah. with that one. Yeah. It, you know, um, a lot of companies back then, the kind of especially the smaller solar companies, it starts off with a few really dedicated people doing everything, which I think is a great way to, to get into the business. You know, I would sell, survey, design, do the warehousing, install, handle all the paperwork. And so you really got to see how the whole industry worked. Right. Um, and so that, that was that was a lot of fun. So you've been wearing many hats for many years is what many. you're saying. <laughs> right. Yeah. A lot of the team here, when I say that I installed, would probably raise their hand and say that I was an awful installer, <laughs> uh, which is which is very true. And um, I, I definitely uh, excel more in the in the office. But um, I have a lot of respect for the field, having done it and knowing that I am not very good at it. Yeah. Um, so uh, I still get out occasionally and, and let the guys make fun of me, though. <laughs> But you did it, and I guess yeah. that's what counts. But you know, you you I know that you have a great respect for installers already, and and I think maybe that does come from actually having to do it yourself. We had talked uh, not too long ago, and you had said something about how installers is one of the very few jobs in this industry. You know, when, when you're talking about a, a business that you could actually 
hurt yourself pretty pretty badly or you know even worse and that's something that a lot of people kind of take for granted or don't really even comprehend yeah i mean it can be dangerous we take safety here very seriously and we've uh we've dedicated a lot of resources to try to you know train and make sure our, our people is working as safely as possible but it is dangerous and like those uh you know our team they work in really harsh conditions yeah um you know it's been over 100 degrees for like the past month and a half in Arizona, yeah, you know, you take a you take a thermometer up to the roof, and the roof temperatures can exceed 120, and we're out there every day. And so, when you get out there and you spend just you know a, an hour on a roof, and you realize that our teams are out there every day, that's it's it's really impressive, right? Um, and then the fact that you're having to make you know really, you're, you're having to work and think about what you're doing and and plan out and do you know aesthetically pleasing design, right? Um, do really high quality work in those type of conditions. Uh, it's just overwhelming what our what our teams do and super impressed. And then now, you know, kind of moving into these coasts and 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 having to work in the harsh winter conditions as well. Yeah. Um, I just have a ton of respect for what the teams do in the field. Absolutely. Yeah, hats off to them for sure. Um so kind of dialing back a little bit, you you had spent some time with Solar City. How did that how did that come about? Yeah, that was great. So uh Solar City actually uh, acquired the company that I was working for on the East Coast, Clean Currents, um, and so that that was really interesting. I think one day this uh, South African kind of just burst into our office and you know acted like he owned the place, and I I, I turned to my boss, I was like, "Who is this guy?" He's like, oh, "He owns the place." <laughs> um, so uh, that was you know Lyndon Rive at Solar City, um, and so I was there at Solar City for. Uh, we were the first company that they acquired on the, when they moved to the East Coast. Mm-hmm. And so um, really kind of helped them with that East Coast expansion and opening offices. And, and that was great. You know, it was, it was a different culture. Um, but, you know, the Solar City team was amazing. All the leaders there uh, were, were awesome. And I learned just a ton about how to how to grow the business. And, um, uh, you know, I was working at the time with uh, Lee Kashishian, who was kind of my, my business mentor on the East Coast at Clean Currents. And he was phenomenal. Um, and I really learned, you know, how to open offices, how to hire teams, um, and how to expand quickly, safely, um, focused on training and quality. And so that was, that was just amazing. And then I ended up moving out to, uh, Solar City's headquarters in, in San Mateo, where I, where I still live. Um, and, uh, got to work with the, with the management team out there. And that was just a phenomenal experience. That's awesome. And when it came to your transition to Freedom Forever, um, what brought you here and, and how was the transition into the new role here? Yeah, it was, it was great. You know, um, uh, Brett called me, I think he had talked to, to Tongi Sarah who had worked with that, that solar city and has been on this podcast yes, before. Yeah. And Tongi's an amazing guy. He's just one of the smartest people I know. Um, and he had really great things to say about Brett and, and freedom forever and the things that were going on here. And, you know, after talking to Brett for, you know, 10 minutes, I was, I was sold. Right. Um, he was just, you know, super smart. Um, you know, kind of had that, you know, aggressive approach to, to business that I, that I love in, in terms of expansion and what he was doing uh, from a sales and marketing standpoint was, was really phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and that's so key in, in operations to, you know, know that you're going to have the support of the sales team and, and that we're going to have sales and consistent work. And, you know, he, he knew that area inside and out. And then Brett was just really open to, to, to learning like what were the what were people doing that was working in the solar industry right um, and um, what, one of the things I've just loved about freedom here is they're very open to whatever was working at any other company we'll take that practice and we'll apply it here mm-hmm. and so that was super interesting and, and you know Brett didn't have any sort of ego about it 
um, and was was really open to changing the way um, Freedom did business. And Freedom Forever, when I came in, was already an amazing company that already had you know a lot of expansion and a ton of success. So to be able to come into something that was working and had a, a great culture and obviously great people here, and then add things that I had learned from you know, working at small solar companies and large solar companies right. was just a, a great opportunity. Right. And you, you touched on kind of how Brett's mind works. And we, <laughs> Jules and I spoke at length last time about kind of, you know, how he operates and, and the initiatives that he's put forth here. Uh, he's definitely a guy that just finds things that work. And if yes. it doesn't, yes. he'll find something else. And, yep. and that's something I think that's so impressive because like we had said last time, I think the whole theme was we've always done it that way. That's not, that's just not us. And, and it, I don't think it ever will be. And so I, I, I'm glad that you touched on that. Yeah. Brett is certainly disruptive yes. um, in a very positive way. Yes, so. absolutely. Hence the solar disruption theory podcast. Exactly. <laughs> Love how we bring that back around. Exactly. Always. <laughs> And you had mentioned also, you know, uh, we're we're expanding a lot. And when you had come in, you were um, right at the cusp of something bigger. Um, we I think we broke into maybe three new states within that first few months you were here, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so when it comes to expanding and you know growing this business, you know we're scaling at the, these crazy rates. Um, what are you taking into consideration when we're looking at a new state and uh, if it's viable enough for for Freedom Forever to move? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, obviously we're looking at the economics, but in terms of once we determine whether we can go into a state and make it work, it's really just about the people. And once you find the leaders, the, the growth is not difficult, like anyone can grow. And so once you find like that key leader um, in an area and then you know that you can expand on that and they're going to generate that culture, create the right safety, create the right quality amongst the teams. Um, and you start breaking it down, like the growth is it, it can be overwhelming, but if you just look at it as like, Oh, I've got this amazing leader here on the East Coast and Danny Rubin has come onto the team. Yeah. And it's like, you know, Danny's done this before. You know, he's 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 grown 10 offices at a time. And so we're we're looking to grow, you know, five offices at a time. And so um, and I know he's got the the network of people that he can go to to really help us expand. And so when you look at it like that and you look at some of the other leaders that we've got um, in the team here with like Matt Peterson in the Southwest, mm -hmm. um, Craig Ells in, in, in Northern California, and some of these guys that have come on, it, it's really easy to see like, yeah, each one of those can, can easily manage opening a couple of offices, growing the team and expanding. Um, when you put, you know, the combined efforts all together, it, it you know, just creates an enormous growth opportunity for our organization. Yeah. And it's been an unreal growth. I would say this last year, like since you started, I remember some of the first projects we worked on were around safety, compliance, things mm -hmm. like that. But right. now it's like the, the, this conversation is just how fast we're scaling. And it's impressive. Like right. I'm getting emails like every other day seeing, like, oh, we're going to be in this state and this state. And I'm like, wow. Right. <laughs> I right. mean, it's, it's, it's intense. And, and, you know, in that vein, I think that when, when companies grow and they start expanding and, and, you know, especially at the rate that we are, things start getting missed. So how do we as a company uh, keep everything together with the, the safety guidelines and, and, you know, even just down to recruiting in specific states? Like, how do we keep that together? Well, I think one, you, you, you listen to your people. And like I said, we, we have a lot of really experienced um, and amazing individuals in leadership roles here. Yeah. Um, and then you you keep that, you know, that focus on, we've got to keep our employees safe. And obviously that's got a, a whole new aspect to it in all businesses um, mm -hmm. and during COVID. Um, we've got to maintain the highest quality possible. Um, and if you do those two things, the efficiency, 
um, and, and the growth just naturally will come. And so you, you do have to keep bringing it back to those, to those core things. And then if you're taking care of your employees and, and they know that you care about their safety and you're, you're providing them an opportunity to do something really amazing. I mean, solar is like, it's the greatest business to be in. You get to save the world and you get paid for it. Right. And so like when you create a safe work environment where you hold people accountable to their, to their safety and to their quality, they'll want to work here. They'll want to recruit their friends. Yeah. We'll, we'll be able to easily retain and bring in the best and the highest quality people. And then everything else just kind of takes care of itself. Right. And so I, I think the team has done a really good job of, of maintaining focus on those, you know, essential pieces of, of operations. Um, and it's, uh, you know, it's been, a, it's been a fun ride. Yeah. What I love so much though, about working with you, cause you know, you're one of my faves. Um, it's true. It's, we yeah. say that behind your back too. Yeah, <laughs> we do because I love, well, I love your style. You are so open for communication, solving problems that, you know, exist right then and there. It's not, you don't push things around and you don't, you don't save the conversation for later. Like we really jump in and we, we tackle those problems and create those solutions. And it's very much hand in hand. And I, I appreciate that so much. And I actually love being a part of your leadership meetings that you have with your team because you're so like, you know, from the ground, up like you communicate every every little thing to everyone on the team and it's 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 one a clear vision it's a path but you're you're that presence there like you're right. that beacon it's yeah. it's just it's really impressive to see yeah. and it's quick it's yeah. quick too yeah. we don't sit through rounds and rounds of strategy that go on for months and months when you identify a problem we fix it as soon as we possibly can and that's something that's i think it shouldn't be unique to our company but it is you know i've been a part of a lot of organizations where you find a, an issue and you go through these rounds of of edits on what your process is going to be yeah like only goes down to a certain exactly. level but it never makes it exactly all the way down. and then it pretty much dies by the time it's it's launched yeah yeah so i think if we we really try on the operations side to keep things focused on on the installers. Um, you know, they're they're the heart of our business. They're the ones out there that are you know creating value for the company. Um, and so if if we have the managers that are listening to the installers, it's it's easy to fix. I mean, some things we can't fix, um, and we we move on. But you know, for the most part, if we're listening to the team, um, taking their feedback seriously, and then just being open and honest about, yep. We can do something about that problem. These other things are just going to be, you know, something that's difficult in our job that we're going to have to work around. But um, I think if you keep that that transparency and open lines of communications with the team, uh, you can you can fix problems pretty quickly. Yeah, and we we touched on that in the last episode yeah. was that feedback loop. You know, being able to listen and then react to that and solve those problems as fast as possible. Yeah. I, I I mean, I love that culture that we have here based yeah. around that. We're very much a bottom up company yes. you know we we the servant leadership is something that we talked about before and it's something that we really hold true and it, it shows in our operations when you're listening to the guys on the bottom you know that's that's where you see the change Absolutely. very cool um so when so when i started i think we were in uh just just a handful of states so we're in california arizona nevada colorado utah um, and then we've made a move into Texas and we just recently announced that we're going to be moving into some new areas of Texas, but then we also moved into Florida. What comes after that? So we've, uh, we recently did our first install in Massachusetts. Okay. Um, we're going to be in Rhode Island, Connecticut, um, as part of those, uh, Massachusetts offices. Um, we've signed our first couple leases in New Jersey. Okay. Um, and you know, I think we're going to be in a majority of the East coast states eventually. Um, and so. Uh, yeah, it's been exciting to get back into into solar on the East Coast. That's where I started. Um, was in Maryland, and the first office I ran was in New Jersey. So, 
you know, I love those states. There's, you know, a lot of great solar opportunity. There's a lot of experience in those markets. Right. Um, and so we're, we're able to tap into uh, a lot of that experience. But, uh, you know, I, I think Brett's got a pretty ambitious plan for the company in terms of being in, um, you know, all states. Right. Um, eventually and anywhere where, where we can make it work. And increasingly, that's that's more and more states. Yeah. And so, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's a lot of a lot of states being thrown out. But I think those are the ones that will be in. Um, you know, very quickly. Okay. And I've always been curious what, um, from your perspective, like what are the biggest differences between, because clearly we've got West Coast down, but mm-hmm. now we're like taking over the East Coast, it feels like, you know, what What would you say are the biggest differences between solar and on the West Coast versus solar on the East Coast? Uh, you know, I'd say, you know, the West Coast is definitely a little bit more laid back. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's, it's, you know, the kind of standard differences between between people. Having spent a lot of time on the East Coast, I appreciate the directness, a lot of the East Coast offices. So, uh, you know, Jules, I know you're highly involved with our, our, our customer support departments. And so uh, you'll you'll see some more interesting and uh, characters. And I think sometimes <laughs> West Coast people think that it's rude. Um, I think it's more direct. Right. Um, from the East Coast teams or, you know. A little rougher around the edges, but uh, I love that. So I, I think that's kind of it. And um, obviously, you, you deal with um, some different weather challenges um, on the East Coast, um, some older home types, um, and so. But you get a lot of really experienced craftsmen out there um, that really know their trades. And so, um, you know, if you hire the right people, train, you know, according to you know Freedom Forever standards, you know, it's 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 solar everywhere. Yeah. So. And we've talked about that before, where. You know, we're not a California company moving to the East Coast. Right. That's not that's not who we are. We are a California company that is now recruiting East Coast workers to work on the East Coast in their homes. So we're finding the people that live there that to work there. Absolutely. Is that something that's that's just standard in, in the industry? You know, I, I don't know. I think there's a lot of California companies that that, you know, move east and, and vice versa. But I, I think the industry is matured now. And so there's a lot of people who have a ton of experience on the East Coast and we're bringing those people in. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of putting together a team that's a lot of people that I've worked with in, in, in the past that have a ton of experience on the East Coast. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we talked about, you know, Danny Rubin and 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 Matt Markham, who have just recently joined the team. You know, these guys have, have been on on the boards. Of, of electrical uh, boards on the East Coast and have worked up and down the East Coast, open offices everywhere. So, you know, it, it feels like we're going home there yeah. uh, a, a lot in terms of opening new offices and, and and hiring a lot of the people that we've worked with in the past that have, you know, gone on to do other great things right. in, in solar. Uh, so that's, that's, it's been exciting to go back and reconnect with a lot of those teams. Right, and you had, you had mentioned, um, Danny earlier and then now Matt. Um, so Danny Rubin is currently our senior director of East Coast operations. That's correct. Um, and then we have Matt who just joined the team recently as the national electrical director. Right. Look, why is this such a big deal for them to be on board? One is just the experience and culturally they're just, you know, they're a lot of fun and they, they've, they've done solar um, on the East Coast for so long. And, uh, you know, I, I've worked with them for a very long time. And Matt just brings a ton of uh, electrical experience to our training department, um, and you know Danny is 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 just a phenomenal uh, at building culture mm-hmm. and hiring teams that will uh, you know do uh, you know produce a lot of solar, do it safely, and do it at, at high quality, and and really enjoy their job. So right, just having those two, two people on on the team has, has has made a big difference on the East Coast, and 
you know, what they've been able to do, it's, you know, I would say it's, it's, it's super impressive, but I know it's, it's stuff they've done before and, and they, they love doing it. And you can, you can tell from working with them. Yeah. And I've heard a lot of terms thrown around about these two guys. And one of them that stood out was the founding fathers of solar on the East coast. <laughs> yeah. You can't throw out too many terms. Their heads will get really big. So, <laughs> you know, they're, they're okay. They're okay. <laughs> we had a chance to sit down and talk with them for, you know, some press releases and stuff like that. And, and the wealth of knowledge that comes from those two. I mean, I said, a two hour meeting and we were still struggling to fit everything within that time frame because they do have all of the experience on the East coast. They've, they've built some companies from the ground up or, you know, small to large. Um, so having them on, on the team, I knew it was a big deal, but it's nice to hear exactly why, you know, it's, right. it, it seems like they, they are a perfect fit for the team. And I actually got to meet Danny before he had even worked here. You had brought him down for, mm-hmm. uh, for some meetings and, and I was like, if that guy doesn't come on board, I'm going to be really bummed out because listening to his, his, just his thoughts within, I think it was a 15 minute time span on one little process. I'm like, this guy's a genius. Bring him on. So yep. I'm glad we got him. Absolutely. Yeah. So you had said that we're trying to go into as many East coast states as we can, that, that new, new England area and, and below, you know, recently we had to started talking about New York. That seems like, that seems like a very interesting market. Do you, do you know much about the New York market? Yeah. So we've, you know, I've managed a few offices in New York before in, in Long Island and Westchester and uh, upstate New York. And, you know, New York is really historically for solar is kind of like three different markets. There's the Long Island, which is kind of its own world. Right. Um, it has been amazing for solar for, for a while. Uh, the Westchester and the southern New York area, kind of just north of New York City. Um, you know, there's a lot of older homes and can be difficult to work in. And then upstate New York and um that's an area that's been, you know, traditionally a really strong uh, solar market as well. A lot of talent up there from the operational side. Um, it's pretty easy to recruit and hire uh, up there. So, you know, New York's a really, it, it's a exciting market. Obviously, it's a big state, right. lots of people, um, lots of opportunity for growth for us. That's awesome. And then completely separate from the East Coast, I know that there's some opportunity because we do surround New Mexico right now with our mm-hmm. operations. Is that somewhere we're planning on putting uh, planting our seed? Yeah, so I think um, I think we're looking to open an office in El Paso, and we'll hit Las Cruces, New Mexico, from there, and then uh, you know potentially open uh, another office in New Mexico, which is you know I think it'll complete our, our, our West Coast yeah. uh, states, and so uh, and, and New Mexico's done a lot of stuff on the on the policy side, um, and is uh, a little more friendly to solar, um, so it's it's an exciting market for us. And um, I'm hoping we get there soon. Yeah. And you had touched on the the policy side of things. So I know that Texas is a pretty forward thinking state as far as solar goes. Are, are we having any issues with any states that are not so on board with the process and the, and the technology? And um, You know, I'm, I'm, we have challenges in every state in certain markets. And I think one of the things about solar that's uh, more complicated than people think is you're dealing with a lot of different entities when you're doing a solar project. And um, I they talk a lot about this in terms of the soft cost of, of, of solar, right? Um, and and how 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 high the soft costs are in the United States compared to some other places, um, and you know sometimes the process you know takes much longer than than people want. And I think Freedom has done a great job with our timelines of having some of the the best in the industry, right? But I mean, really, you're doing a construction project on someone's home. Um, you're navigating those those policies as well as working with utilities, which are, you know, semi-regulated mm-hmm. entities, and then also dealing with the AHJs who issue the permits in right. the cities or, or the county. So there's a lot of different quasi-governmental organizations and, and 
HOAs and different things that you have to navigate. And I think every state has has its challenges right. and, and can be difficult on the regulation. But uh, and I think if we could, you know, eliminate a lot of that stuff, we can we could move much faster and, and really lower the cost of solar. And I think, you know, in general, the United States is, is moving that way. But every state has its challenges. There are certain right. utilities in certain states that are that are uh, challenging to work with or have longer timelines than we would like. Um, and certain HJs can can be challenging. And you know, certainly as you move to the East Coast, you move away from dealing with the larger HJs, like the counties, where we can right. do several projects to dealing with with townships and and cities on you know a much more granular level. So you know that presents its own own challenges. But I think freedom is really nimble, and we've yeah. got a great organization, and our our teams on the back end are, are phenomenal, and we're able to navigate a lot of those things and 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 do well. Right. Yeah. Another thing I want to add to this, like another layer is doing all of this during COVID. Right. And yeah. I really, I'm actually really interested um, be, just looking at the growth that we've had, but then kind of layering in how, we, how have we been able to do this during COVID? Yeah, it's been, it's been difficult. I mean, I think we're certainly fortunate in the fact that, you know, most of our work takes place outside and, you know, Ideally sunny conditions. Right. That that's been great. That you know, for the most part, we can keep the teams um, going um, during this. But certainly, that we we've dealt with a lot of closures, particularly in, in Southern California, uh, with the HA shutting down and us not being able to get permits or inspections. And that's that's been a challenge. Um, and I think the hardest part is it just changes on such a you know daily basis. Yeah. Um, the availability of testing changes on a you know daily basis. Yeah. So. That that has been challenging, but I think the team has responded really well. Um, you know, we were able to do a lot from home from our, our back end processing, and and I think um, I've been really impressed by. Uh, we really haven't lost any efficiency right. um, from our from our teams in the office, and the install teams have been able to obviously maintain uh, their distance and, and and keep working on job sites. But it, it is challenges because you know you're dealing with you know complications from home and childcare. Um, yep. And thing with our teams, which is really difficult to manage. So, um, you know, we're lucky that most of our field teams are, are you know, relatively young and, right. and healthy, and that's that's been amazing. Um, but they've got you know families that they've got to go home and, and take care of. So uh, that that's it has been challenging, but I've been you know phenomenally impressed by the way our teams have responded. And um, you know, we've been very cautious, um, and you know, we haven't had too many. Um, issues or scares in our offices and when we have we've we've been very open and transparent with our teams because you know obviously we don't know everything about the, the virus yet and there's information right. that's that's yep. changing on a regular basis so we've just taken approach of let everyone know what's going on in the office what decisions we're making and then if someone wants to be more cautious um, they certainly can be right um, and making sure that you know we're, we're looking after all of our employees that's great. And yeah, there's definitely no, there's not a lack of information to go around. Right. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. That's for sure. yeah. Um, and, you know, from a high level, if you look at it from, from the, from space down, it looks like we were almost untouched by COVID, right. you know, and, and I know that you'd said there are some, some, has it, there are some closures and, and some things to think about with the AHJs. Has it, has it been a big problem? I mean, is it, is it uh, rampant? Is it a lot of, uh, a lot of closures? Uh, there, there were, especially early on, when I think people didn't have a lot of information. Um, and so the early shutdowns in California kind of disrupted us a little bit, right. um, particularly in our Los Angeles office. Um, but in general, I think we've been able to work around most of the issues. And I think a lot of them kind of got back to, if they're not fully open, they at least have limited times that they're open. So that's helped out right. 
Um, I've yep. noticed on the customer support side anyway. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I mean, I know operations in the field, it, they're pretty much untouched. They're still working. They're on mm-hmm. roofs. They're installing. Um, from the office standpoint, I mean, we've, I think we've all as a company more than proven that we're functional no matter if we're right. in a, at a desk in an office or at our on our couch at home. Um, we're, we're getting things done and we're moving fast and and things are still still you know on fire with us so it's 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 nice to see that we could adapt like that yeah Um, and i wouldn't say it's been easy but i think the teams have just done a really good job of adapting right and being really understanding um and then i think the fact that we are very transparent about what we're doing and the steps that we're taking um in the offices and in the field has been helpful right um and you know we we listen to our teams and if someone doesn't feel comfortable you know we make accommodations yeah um and so i think that's that's been super helpful yeah for sure absolutely um i'm gonna shift gears a little bit here while we're um thinking about the industry in general we had done an episode with uh with tongi sarah we did an episode with jigger shaw and the question comes up what's it going to take for solar to be more prevalent in non-solar states? And I think now that we add in this COVID uh, piece to it, you know, the question becomes a little bit more complex, but what do you think it will take for, for us to be a little bit more prevalent in those non-solar supporting states? Yeah, uh, great question. And I wish I had like a really awesome answer. That's okay. Um, <laughs> you know, I, th- I think, you know, Having been in the industry for a long time, I, I think that everyone kind of knows about solar. Right. And I think there, that's certainly true that it's becoming more common in a lot of states. Um, for instance, you know, solar has been around in New Jersey and California for, for so long in Massachusetts that, you know, even people that, you know, aren't in the industry, they know someone who is in the industry right. or they, you know, they have solar on their home and it's becoming more common. And, and as we move into other states that haven't, hit, you know, traditionally had a, a strong solar market, there, there is still a lot of education that needs to take place right. on on what solar is and what it can do, and obviously storage has added a you know a cool new component to uh, to renewable energy that is very exciting in in some of these new markets. Um, but I think the education piece, and then you know I, th- I think the thing we struggle with is still the 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 soft cost and kind of the inconsistency um, from utility to utility and and from HJ to HJ, and uh, you know a lot of that is just you know you just got to put in the hard work and and you know, educate the, the cities and, yeah. and the counties. And uh, I think generally just the mood in, in the nation towards renewable energy is just, you know, getting better and better. Right. Um, and so people are, are certainly more more open to it. Um, there's the, you know, in addition to it being clean energy, there's the, you know, the energy independence aspect of it, mm-hmm. which resonates well with, you know, pretty much everyone. Um, and so, and on top of that, you know, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a job creator. Right. And yeah. so I think that's the thing that I think is such a, such a win-win argument, regardless of which side of the political aisle you're on or, or where you're, where you are. I think what's made solar work, like mentioned in some of these established states like California, New Jersey, Massachusetts is like people know someone who works in solar. And right. so they have someone they can actually talk to a friend or a family member. Um, and we do we create a lot of jobs when we go into a market and when you have an industry um, and they're, you know, jobs that, you know, you can't ever uh, export. Um, and so they, they need to be on a roof. Um, we need boots on the ground. And I think I think when you look at it from that, just the not only is it clean energy, not only is it good for the environment, but it just creates jobs. And, right. and that's something I think, you know, pretty much anyone can get behind right now. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it was interesting because we were just talking the other day, um, going back to 
making solar more efficient. And you had, you had told me about that solar app. And mm-hmm. I started digging in and I found it very fascinating because it's really um, making that AHJ process more efficient. So can you can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, so uh, solar app is a, a online uh, permitting tool that uh, NREL and a lot of uh, industry leaders are working on. Um, to try to create something that is, you know, you can give to a, a, a township and, you know, make it a lot easier to get through the, the permitting and inspection mm-hmm. process. Um, and so um, if you haven't checked it out, you can go to the NRL uh, site and, and solar app and uh, a lot of uh, close friends ever working on this. And I think it's got a lot of potential um, and, it's, and they're starting to try it out. And I, I really hope that it catches on. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that it will it'll catch on rapidly. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And especially as now we're trying to have less face-to-face interactions, um, you know, going into townships and, yeah. and requiring in, in face, uh, you know, face-to-face interactions with a, with a plan reviewer or our, ins- our inspector um, is a little bit more dangerous than it was in the past. And so uh, the solar app gives, gives an opportunity for us to really streamline that process, eliminate some of those soft costs and, you know, have a standard platform um, you know, nationwide potentially. And so that is, it's very exciting. I think efforts like that are, are super important. Um, it gets the, you know, the education piece out to a lot of people that otherwise wouldn't see it. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic about it. Um, and so, but, you know, we still have to do the hard work of, of going into these states and, and, introducing and, and yeah, introducing yeah. it, um, introducing solar um, and, uh, and working with them. Yeah. What do you think, what would be a, a roadblock for that to become a larger part of the the process in general? I mean, just change in general yeah. is sometimes difficult, and you know, you're you're not always talking um, to people who have necessarily an interest in 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 change. Um, but it's a new technology. I actually think the industry is going to be forced. I think that's a silver lining with COVID. Is that we're going to have to use technology. We're going to have to get more digital. Right. And I think you know, from the sales aspect, we've seen that growth within uh, rather than in-home sales they're moving that to a more digital yeah, zoom calls yeah zoom and, calls and things like that calls, yeah. so i think you know given covid the silver lining that comes out of that is better technology for right. the industry so i'm really interested to see what new ideas are going to be coming right yeah we never want to you know we've never looked at covid as a good thing but there's definitely going to be some benefit that comes out of it and i think that no touch process is going to be one of them absolutely yeah absolutely because i mean if we you know if we sell a job today we there's nothing there's no physical barrier presenting it preventing us from installing it that same day right like this is a process that you know you can do an install in a day you know we can do the site evaluation and install you can go all the way from sale to having that system on in 24 hours right there's there is no physical barrier to that right. everything else is just you know working with the different entities that are involved the you know the hjs the utilities um, the, the policies, uh, the paperwork mm-hmm. um, around uh, any, you know, any incentives. And so um, when you look at it from that standpoint that we have a solution that will work for, you know, generating clean energy and, and you know, producing jobs and, and helps with climate change that we can deploy that quickly, um, you know, there's just a phenomenal opportunity there. Yeah. And I think that goes along with, you had mentioned soft costs. And I remember when we were doing an interview with Jigger Shaw, mm-hmm. one thing you asked me to ask him was, what it would take to reduce the soft costs. Yeah, I was hoping, uh, you know, Jigger would have like the, the magic solution to that. Um, <laughs> I was waiting with you know, bated breath. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, he's awesome. And I, I listen uh, to his his podcast uh, a lot and, and, and follow him. And um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, there's there's other countries that have done this. You know, Australia's 
uh, costs are, are far lower than right. in the U.S. is because they've they've eliminated some of those um, restrictions to install. Um, and I think you know as the industry just continues to mature and it becomes more commonplace and mm -hmm. people you know understand solar right um, and what it is. Uh, I think we'll we'll move more towards that. Right. Yeah. I mean, when I when I first started at Freedom, you know, not long before. There's this vibe about the industry, and, and I, I think a lot of that is the reason for this show and, and a lot of the, the the way we do a lot of things. There was this view of solar as like the enemy, mm -hmm. you know, and and it was you know there may be some more uh, not so friendly processes or not so ethical processes. Maybe where did that come from, and and what what do you think we've done to kind of dispel some of those thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think people are you know generally somewhat skeptical of solar. I mean. It's it's hard to wrap around to like how good of a, of a of a financial prospect it is. I mean, our it's energy that falls from the sky right. onto your roof that you can take advantage of. So yeah. it is, you know, uh, and then the idea of converting that into, into power and 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 using it and having to money. It's like you know, it is it's a really great deal. Right. Um, and I think people are always looking for the catch. You know, there's there's been different incentive plans and um, that have rolled out in, in states that people have. You know, moved quickly to take advantage of, and, and sometimes um, cut corners. But you know, again, I think that's a lot of that is, you know, in in the past. Um, and I think, like I said, the solar industry has just matured um, quite a bit. Right. And um, you know, there's there's you know just a lot of great companies out there um, that you know do things the right way and are looking to take care of our customer. And, and Freedom Forever is, is leading the way in that. Right. And so. I love being here. I, I love the way that we, you know, educate our customers on on solar, make sure they understand everything. And it does take a while. I mean, it's yeah. it's not yeah. it's easy to understand. Well, that and we talked on our last episode, we talked about the uniqueness per customer as well. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the bigger challenges. It's like you, it's not a blanket statement. You can't say, you know, hey, buy this one product and right. it applies to everybody the right. same way. It's very unique. So yeah, it's it's unique to the individual, to their energy usage, um, to their home. Right. I mean, most customers, and you still ask them, you know, you know, what do you pay for power? They'll tell you what the total bill was, like hundred dollars, but they don't actually know usually what their kilowatt hour rate right. is. Exactly. Now, if you've been in the industry for a while, it's become second nature. But for for someone who's never really examined their utility bill, mm -hmm. uh, there is a lot of explanation that needs to go into that right um and that customer education piece is key to educate them on on the energy that they're currently using and then how the solar is going to interact with that and, right. and change their change their bill and then what are the the cost implications of that so you know it's it's not a super simple um process right you know it can be um and i think customers are are, are learning more about it and and they're saving money and then they're they're sharing you know their stories with their friends and I think that's how we're going to continue to grow. Yeah, agreed. Really good stuff. Um, we had talked about safety, and mm -hmm. and I know that you are a huge advocate for our installers. They're they're very important. They're the heartbeat of our company, and you want to make sure that their safety is always a factor uh, in our processes. What do we do differently uh, when it comes to training? Yeah, so uh, our, our training team that we're we're really building up right now. Um, uh, we, we've got a lot of people who have a ton of experience working in the industry across safety, um, quality roles. And so what we're really doing is trying to create a great onboarding process for our installers. Right. You know, one of the, the things Freedom has been able to do um, as we've grown is we, we've hired a lot of installers that have come from other companies. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, so that it's great that they have experience, but really training them to do things a certain way right. so that we can we can stay consistent. And so 
We're really developing uh, these training programs that were installers go. They get on a mock roof. They're doing hands-on installs. We're doing evaluations of them um, and keeping it interactive. Right. Um, you know, uh, installers are, are just a different breed. They, they can't sit still for longer yeah. than five minutes. <laughs> and so we're really trying to design all of our training programs around how, how, you know, installers learn and they learn by being hands-on. Right. These, these, you know, the people that come into our teams, they're doers. Um, they're the ones up on our roof. So, you know, making it more hands-on and, and doing continuing education with installers, even the ones that are here, I think is super important to us to, you know, continue to grow their skill set. Right. And I got to make it to the Arizona office and see these mock roofs. Yeah. And I just thought that was the coolest thing ever. Like yeah. you go in this huge room and you see these roofs and you're like, wow, this is so awesome. Yes, absolutely. And then another program that we've been actually partnered with you on is our toolbox talks. Toolbox talks. And I yeah. love that program because we've been able to help yep. Um, with a lot of the training videos. So that way it's not, um, you don't have to do it over and over again. Right. You can record it, you make it more efficient. So at any point, someone can come back and look at those videos and get the proper training exactly. they need. Exactly, yeah. Uh, I took our, our buddy Daniel out to Chicago just before COVID hit. Um, we went out to Chicago and we went to our um, Schomburg branch and they were in the process of building an electrical wall. So mm -hmm. on top of the mock roof, they also have, you know, a, this mock wall that they can use for wiring and learning the different components and inverters. And it was, it was, it was so fascinating to see them one build a wall within like 30 <laughs> right. minutes. I was just like, wait, you should do this for a living. Oh wait, yeah. you do. When it comes to being on the roof versus the electrical work, which one is more poses more risk? Um, they, they are, they both can be risky. Um, I, I think I'm always a little bit more concerned with our, our teams on the roof uh -huh. and, and falling from heights. And so I think that's a, a primary focus. And, you know, we give a lot of training to our, our electrical teams as well to make sure that they're working safely, um, whenever they can. But yeah, I mean, the, you know, solar is a, is an interesting trade. It's like, you know, you get to, you're working at heights, yeah. you're working with live electricity at mm -hmm. times. Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that you can learn and, and we we never want to say okay we're good we we've, we've done this the best we can we're right. always looking especially to our installers we'll go out and we're like wow you know that person just did that you know phenomenally well like how do we how do we replicate that and then teach that to the rest of the team right and a lot of that learning comes from the field from you know the experienced electricians and the experienced roof workers that are doing this on a daily basis like they get really good at it um, and like, we want to celebrate that because they're, yeah. they're phenomenal. Um, and then try to replicate that across all of our teams. And Sean and I have been lucky enough to be able with a lot of our videos that we do, yeah. see them in action. And yeah. it's so impressive. It's fascinating. Yeah. yeah. It, and it, the it, amount of safety involved, like we're yeah. running around, we're like, okay, are they hooked up here? Are they doing that? And it's just, there's so much to think about. So yeah. the fact that they're not only installing, but they're also thinking about the safety and then it's like second nature to them, yep. yeah. you know, and we're just trying, you know, we're just trying to keep up. <laughs> I never imagined that there was so much process to setting up a ladder to get on yeah. <laughs> when you yeah. consider the gutter guard and the straps and yeah. making sure that it's fiberglass and not metal. Like the, the things that, that they think about on a daily yeah. basis is it's fascinating to me. Yeah. Our teams are great. The installers, like I said, they are the lifeblood of our, of our business and, and the operations that we have here. So, um, you know, they're, they're just great. Maybe yeah. you can't say enough about them. So when you when you talk about recruiting in in these new markets and and moving into these different states, um, when it comes to installers, are you looking for specifically solar installers or somebody who's been in a roofing position or something similar? You know, we're we're looking a lot first to make sure they're a good cultural fit. Right. You know, uh, one of the things in this business we always talk about is they've got to pass. You know, the 
the the car trip test. It's like, would you want to spend two hours with this person <laughs> right. in a car? <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Because you know, there's a lot of driving in solar out to the job yeah. sites, and so one, making sure they're a good cultural fit. We can we can teach a lot, but you know, that is one of the nice things about you know our our growth now in the solar industry is there there are a lot more people that have worked in solar than there were ten years ago for right. sure. Right. Um, where you had to teach someone all the basics. And so, uh, you know, we look for everything. We want uh, a combination of, of solar experience as well as just strong electrical experience, right. um, strong roofing experience. Uh, you know, roofing is a really tough trade and it's, uh, it's, uh, it can be really physically demanding work. Yeah. Um, there's not a lot of people that can do it. I'm, I'm, I'm certainly past my prime in being able to do it. <laughs> and so I just have so much respect for the, for the team members to go out there and do that you know, day in and day out. And we try to arrange our schedules and, and the work that we have to uh, accommodate, you know, as best we can. Yeah. But, but, you know, there's no getting around like this is this yeah. difficult work and it, yeah. and it can be dangerous. And so their attention to safety and quality um, on on the roof and, and, and working with electrical is, is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've in been- In all climates too. All yes. climates. In, in all, all climates. climates. Yeah. Yes. And we've seen that, you know, I, I've been on a, a handful of installations and, um, you know, that ranges from a hundred and something degrees out here in, uh, in Paris to snow in Chicago. Yeah. And, you know, watching these guys, I'm standing on the ground with a drone and, you know, they're up on a roof for hours on end. And, and it's, it's amazing to me, not only the, the amount of detail they put into the job with safety and, and getting the, everything installed correctly. Um, but the speed without yeah. sacrificing safety or yeah, quality it's they're, they're absolute beasts and i mean that when, in the most complimentary yeah way absolutely i mean we've gone out with cameras and they look at us and they go oh and i know what that <laughs> feeling is it's because they know they're going to take two hours longer than yep. they than they would have without us yeah. being there right um and i i love i love that that's the attitude of like we want to get this job done we want to move on to the next one yep um we're we're more of a hindrance when we're trying to get a process video done right. <laughs> yeah. so I, I love seeing those guys work it's just it's a fascinating thing yeah absolutely and on that note, uh, looks like that's our time for today. Brian, thank you so much for joining us. It was a pleasure to speak and, and hear your insight. Uh, for all you listening, for anything you want to know about Freedom Forever and the Solar Disruption Theory podcast, visit solardisruptiontheory.com. Also, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, and help us share this podcast with your solar enthusiasts. On behalf of Jules, Brian, and myself, thanks so much for listening to the Solar Disruption Theory podcast. We'll talk to you soon.